Hello, Katie. Hello, Jana. Here we are, um, another day with a lack of tech savviness, but we're making it work. We are. We are um, without special microphones. We are raw and real. That's how we roll. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> That's how we roll. And it is. I mean, who, who out there wants the raw and the real? I don't know. Do people want, here's a question, because our topic today is home and family, and we're going to get into that. But I guess, you know, this, these things can coincide because mm -hmm. to me, home and family is about being raw and real and not stylized and not fancy. Yeah, no, it doesn't get more raw and real than just daily domestic life, for sure. Yeah, and yet it's so um, underestimated in our society. It's so overlooked. Yes, still, even though there's, you know, so much more knowledge about it and giving more credit, especially in the feminine sphere of things, but it still is very under evaluated or undervalued, I would say. Yeah, I was just thinking that even with, um, I was writing a letter to my daughter about teachers and I was thinking, you know, there are such basic things that are taught to children that we tell children. And as a mom, I've told my kids, you know, family members will tell kids this, then they go to school and they learn the same thing from their teachers, which is, take turns, share, be kind, right? Mm -hmm. There's these really yes. simple messages. And those things are extremely valuable if people in the world operated according to that. Mm -hmm. But the people who, who deliver those messages are not the people in financial power. <laughs> and so- That's true. <laughs> so I was thinking about that because those are like the most valuable messages of all. And they're taught in the home. They're usually taught when children are young. And, and the home seems to be a place where that needs to operate in order for there to be harmony and peace is like simple kindness, um, sharing, taking turns, but also a space that is safe enough that you can be raw and real. Yes. And raw and real doesn't mean being mean. No, or bad. It just means unvarnished, yeah. uh, unstylized, just truth. Mm -hmm. Like no special filters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if there's anywhere that you should be able to be unvarnished, unstylized, totally yourself. It's your home. Oh my God, yes. Where else would it be? I mean, come on. I know. So, so then I wanna examine this question of like home and, I'm, and I have not, because I feel I, I'm, you just moved into a new house, right? And you're going to make it yes. a home and let's make a distinction, a house, or an mm -hmm. apartment or a, a living space is not necessarily home. True. You have to sort of make it a home. Yes. What or as they say, 
Home is where the heart is. I was just going to say, right? <laughs> so so the there's like a connection of feeling where your heart feels alive, where mm -hmm. your heart feels at rest as being home. Yes. Comforted. So, yes. So your physical location and where your heart feels at rest might not be the same. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think? So you, okay. So your situation is you moved into a new home and or house that you're making a home, right? Yes. Yes. My situation is like, I feel like it's the, almost like the opposite, but like I left, I left my home. I mm -hmm. had made, I had made a really cozy home for six years mm -hmm. and then I sold everything, got in an SUV with a cat and drove across the entire country to live somewhere that I knew was not necessarily a home, but it was a space for a while to figure out the next stage of my life. Yes. A staging ground. <laughs> a staging ground. There you go. So, um, and what I found is like, so on the East coast, some of these kinds of communities exist, but on the, on, in California, there's just more, um, overlap, I guess, with, you know, a place that is, it's a community I'm in now is called a co-housing community. That's what they call it. Um, yes. Kind of originating in Europe with some ideals of people living in community, um, and have and being close enough that they can really get to know their neighbors, um, and just live in community. Now, I think there are other communities that have more intention behind them, like you know, doing something for the earth, um, mm -hmm. gardening, they have a theme, <laughs> yeah, yoga and meditation, right? Like, so there's some sanctuaries, especially from yogis who who are in you know those communities are are surrounded around an idea, but um, basically, you know, there's different ways that people live and create a home. And, um, in our modern American world, there, there might be a desire for home, a desire for a nice house. There's not always the same drive for a sense of community in all people, because there's a kind mm -hmm. of a, almost like an independent spirited nature. There's a nuclear family dynamic that's seen as the supreme. So sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, a community that has people who are sort of different than that might seem odd or different, you know, than the, the, the mainstream. Right, I agree. I would say now having moved into this new house a couple weeks in, although still moving stuff as I was doing earlier today, schlepping more, of clothes that I probably don't need because I've lived for a few weeks now. Granted, there are some winter clothes, but I've lived this many weeks not even thinking about them. Right. However, they needed to get out of the hats. Right, right. So it's a process. Um, but even just being in our new neighborhood, it's like we're only right over that city line, but it is already like we're living that sweet suburb life because. You know, we're sitting outside with the fire pit mm -hmm. uh, and the kids are playing, Jack's playing la laser tag with these neighbor girls from up the street and they're just 
running around, fighting, playing, goes back and forth. And then like their mom comes down and starts chatting and is informing us about like some of the other neighbors and who do we think's moving in here or there? Do they have kids? And it was very like, oh, this is neighborhood, quote unquote. Like this is, I mean, the, in, where we lived before, there was an aspect of it, but not in the same way. So now that we're in this sphere, it's like, it feels comfortable and a little bit refreshing, but also like, I don't know, it's like a little flashback for me from my childhood because I haven't been in a neighborhood like this in years, decades, really. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird, like I we return to the familiar yeah. in some way. Yeah. Even the house that we moved into is very much of, has a lot of similarities to the house that I lived in for most of my childhood. And it's like even built in like the same year. So it's, it's very like full circle to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice, but it's also like, oh, but now I'm on the other end and I'm not the child in that kind of house. I'm the parent and the adult. And there's a lot of like real responsibilities and stuff that go along with living in an older house and all the things you need to do to, you know, have air conditioning and other things that I just took for granted when you're in like newer structures for so long. Right. So it's like a little reversal where I see my parents' side of things and how they manage things. And I still feel like I'm not as adult as they were, even though at that time they were in their twenties and thirties and I'm in my forties. And it's like, oh, well, now I've begun the real grown-up kind of life. It's it's odd, creating a whole new home. Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah. Well, and I and I read about June. You know, the energy of June. Um, I listened to this um, intuitive talk about the different energies, and he said that there is something about the past resurfacing. So you're experiencing that, I think, with June. Yeah, your your childhood and the way you grew up, you're experiencing that now. And it feels, it probably feels like a sense of home because it's the child inside you recognizes, you know, where you And here's June's just a big month for me anyway. Got met my husband in June, got married in June. My parents were married in June. I have a brother in June. Jack was born in June. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like June is like, we do everything in June, including moving. Yeah, it's a good month. June's a, June's a nice month. It is, but it's jam-packed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I want to get back to the idea of home because I do think mm-hmm. that when we are really young, that we are so impressionable. We're so open. It's almost like we're these sieves and we're just open and whatever comes into our life pours in there. And it becomes this presence that it sticks with you in such a fundamental way. It's part of your formation as a human being. It's part of your foundation. And, and if you have a nice, cozy, safe home, Mm-hmm. then as we all want, right? Every person wants that. Of course. Um, then you, you naturally gravitate in your life to spaces and people that mimic 
that home, right? Feelings of safety, feelings of warmth, feelings of connection, mm -hmm. stability, comfort. But if you, um, as so many people do experience, if you don't have that in your home life, then, and, and it's volatile, you know, some, so we're just dealing with so many problems in this culture right now, especially related to wealth, money. Mm, ain't that the truth? Yeah. People who are marginalized, all kinds of things. And, um, and homelessness, especially, you know, I'm in California, so this is a huge thing talked about. Oh yeah. Almost like you have a brand on you of like, oh, the homeless is so these people are, are not people. But if you right. are a person who's, um, origins and foundation is not safety, comfort, warmth, coziness, connection, stability, then you naturally, what feels like home to you might be whatever you felt. So if there's volatility, if there's unpredictability, if there's mm -hmm. confusion, if there's a mess, that naturally then feels like your home and it's very challenging because you might be attracted to people who bring more and more mess <laughs> and more oh, yeah. volatility and so I think that you're blessed with this opportunity to like have grown up in a stable home and then you can provide that and we all want as parents to provide that for our children we want it for ourselves um mm -hmm. it's just you know it's just such a um it's one of those things every single person wants. And yet what I've learned, like as I started doing healing and working on myself and meditating and really asking big questions, mm -hmm. my sense of home wasn't always related to a place. And I'm definitely not a homebody. I like spaces. I like making them feel cozy and comfortable. And I can do that pretty huh. easily, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not rooted necessarily to a particular space. It doesn't have to be a particular space. It doesn't have to be a particular town. To me, so much of it is about finding um, connections with other people who mimic what I have inside me. So I was having mm -hmm. this conversation. So oftentimes, like even if I'm traveling, I can feel very at home in a place mm -hmm. because I'm able to connect with it. Um, there was only one time in my life that I felt homesick when I was traveling and it was crazy because I had just moved and then I traveled somewhere for a couple of days and I was like, it was a bad, it was a bad thing. It was too much at once. And I, for, I, I, yeah. I could feel the different, like, I was like, Whoa, I'm homesick. And I was never really homesick like that before. Um, so how far did you go that it was after you what? moved? It was, so, you it was so silly. I went to Canada. <laughs> meant to be oh. I'm just not a Canadian <laughs> it hasn't worked out yeah, that's Canada, all right that's okay Canada isn't calling me Canada I went to Canada I was like yeah this isn't working I think it was Quebec City and Maybe I had the French and the Canadian was too much at once well you know I have this I had this friend who had some strong opinions about different places that she liked to travel. And she told me Quebec city was really cool. It was like a little France and um, everybody spoke sure and stuff. So I had just moved out of my house where I was married and had my kids and I loved that house. And then I had moved into an apartment and I was trying to make it work, but I had some vacation time that summer 
And I had a little bit of extra money, I think from like a tax refund. So I was like, well, maybe I'll take a, a cheap trip. And I had like a cheap ticket. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. my friend said, said Quebec city. Oh my God. I like, I think I was there two days. I was so depressed. I came right back. Like mm. I extra, like however much money, because I was like, I remember this now. Yes, I, this? Yes. I was like, if I waste away in this little apartment in a basement in Quebec city, I don't care how silver and pretty everything looks like, yeah. I, I will, I will lose my mind here. So right. I very quickly got out of there. It just wasn't the right time. And the right it was the best time. It was the best time. I'm sure if you went back in another circumstances, it would be great. Like I've been to Montreal. Granted, it was 1991, but uh, or two. <laughs> and it was French. I'm sure French it's so pretty. I just there's nothing in there's nothing. You know, Canada. I'm sure it's great. People are nice. I've met Canadians. There's just nothing in my soul pulling me to Canada. So I'm like, you know, Canada. You hear you, that. Do, you do you, and I'll do me. And yes. um, <laughs> one day not, I will. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be coming back. But um, but anyway, I guess my point is like I never had felt homesick before because I was always. I don't know. So, so I experienced like there is a sense of needing to feel rooted yeah. and grounded. Um, and oftentimes I think that has to do with people from in my life, it has to do with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could be somebody that I don't even know that long. It doesn't, the, the amount of time, right. It could be somebody I've known for six months. It, it doesn't mean that the amount of time of that person signifies home to me. It just feels like I have a soul connection and I trust them. And that can happen in weeks sometimes. That can happen mm -hmm. with somebody I met on vacation and we stay in touch. Um, but I don't know that for me, home is always related to a specific place. It's To me, it's about people. Right. Yeah. I think that's common as well. Yeah. But I like, think for some people, it really is a place well i do like having a place a home base yeah that's oh, yeah. what i've always known like having that place you go back to even when it was like when you're living away from your family home and you're in college and you come home only on breaks or whatever it's still like well that's my home home and then there's where i'm living most of the time which is its own version but it's still like it's not my home base in the same way. No, I, I, my I, experience. I agree with you. Yeah. And that's your, and I think you have the, the tip, you know, that you have the traditional and I'm not putting it down the traditional, more typical experience. North me, <laughs> college was college was more home than the house where I grew up. I loved college. I loved being, yes. I never wanted to leave because for me, I got to be my full self. I got to be independent. I did have people like you who I was friends with. I was on my own. I, I was I was not under anybody's control or rules. And that freedom and independence to me is a big part of what I feel is home as well. Like, um, yeah, I think that's another tie is like free to be yourself. Of course. Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting because I think we use that word interchangeably sometimes with a physical location, mm -hmm. but I think that that home can feel it's something in your heart and it's something in your soul and it's a feeling of um, free to be be yourself and there's a level of comfort and and peacefulness 
And if, right. you're, if your upbringing, you know, if a person's upbringing is volatile, then their sense of home is often skewed until they're healed enough right. to recognize the true sense of home. So I want to look up this word. You know how I like root words. I have yes. not done it yet. So the root word for home, I want to see what it is. What do you think it's going to be? Do you have a guess? A root word for it? Yeah, like where, where does it come from? Where is it passed down from in terms of origins and domicile? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out. All right. Like a fancier word. Okay. So here's what it means it's a dwelling place, a house, an abode, a fixed residence. This is all place. Um, yes. Sense of village, um, the old Germanic. Um, and then a slang phrase is to become comfortable in a place one does not live. I use Edim online, by the way, because I love that place. So it's interesting. Right. Um, it doesn't, but I want to know like the H-O-M and where. German. Yeah. As a, a lot of those English words are. Like, is it related to H-U-M, right? Like human is related to um, humble. You see H-U-M, it has like a continuous humble and human right. and, and there's something, and hummus or humus is earth. Um, so there's something related to earth, but H-O-M for some reason is connected to like house and residence. And I'm surprised because I think of it as not necessarily related to a house, although, I do think if you can have one, it's great. And there's a lot of people um, who are suffering from homelessness right now. And I've had some friends, a couple of them, not mm -hmm. many, who have, um, who might feel it, like they've, they've I've, I've been with them when they've said to somebody, and these are people who are totally capable, who have money coming in, but they have chosen a nomadic life. And they've said um, to a homeless person who's asking for money, I'm homeless too. And that makes me just like, what? <laughs> like you have a choice. And yeah, homeless by choice is different than like unhoused. <laughs> like yes. cannot get a home or is experiencing like either mental health issues, other kinds of addiction, like all kinds of issues or just the general like economy and job loss, which leads to not paying, being able to pay your bills, which means you then are like maybe living out of a car or a shelter or whatever on the street. Right. So, so it's, yeah, I feel like we need another, I don't know, term for that. Cause no be choosing to be a nomad and well, it's nomad. Money in your bank account is very different from being homeless to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, cause they do have a home maybe if they're a nomad, like do they have like a plate, like a trailer they're living out of yeah, or a, a van that they're driving, you know, living right. the van life. That's different. Right. I think it's why, uh, I don't know if this is why, but like the more, the term I've heard used more lately is the unhoused. Yeah. Partly I think because homeless has a bad connotation about it because it just brings up all these other traits that people are like, oh, they're criminals or they're not well or whatever, which sure there's aspects of that, but like unhoused, like it feels a little bit more like 
all-encompassing of what, what their actual issue is without a house, a home, whatever, without a dwelling. Dwelling, yeah, yeah. Yeah, without having a dwelling, yeah. Yeah, and not, and, and not choosing to not have a dwelling. Well, it, it and being something that they are having to contend with. Well, and, and there's all kinds of stories too behind people who, I mean, who don't have a home. Like, um, and that's why I'm talking about like some of the upbringing, what people choose as home. So I met this really special artist on Venice Beach in LA um, who did this like really great art. And we were having this good conversation and he basically, I don't know his whole story, but he told me everywhere is home. And I, and I got that, I got that sense Sure. when I travel, when I, I do feel at home in myself, but eventually you just, there's a little bit of frustration in wandering. You're like, okay, I want, I want the base. Like you said, like, a, yeah. Base. Um, but his, I think his experience, I don't know the whole thing. And there's plenty of other people where they didn't feel, uh, in there. And this is where it can ties to family. They didn't feel connected to the people who they lived with, the people who were overseeing them. They didn't feel that they could be themselves. And right. so there, there becomes a place of choosing. I think people choosing, well, I want to be where I can be myself. And I think mm -hmm. there are people who take those risks to go where they can be their total self and have mm -hmm. a level of freedom and independence that isn't tied to someone controlling them monetarily or with a space. Um, you know, that's why I think so many teenagers say I'm going to run away because, you know, it's a natural rebellion. But, sure. <laughs> it, but I'm going to risk it out there. But I do think that there's something to be said then about what family means to people. Um, right. So I looked up the root word of family. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. It doesn't necessarily say people are um, related. It says a group of servants. A group of what? Servants, like to be a servant. So let me tell you what that what that is. Hmm. Yeah. For family? Yeah. So a family in the early 15th century is the servants of a household. And from the Latin familia, family, right. servants, domestics, collectively, the servants in a household, thus mm -hmm. also members of a household. But I don't know what, but I don't know where that originated, but it even has from famulus, F-A-M-U-L-U-S, servant or mm -hmm. slave which is of unknown origin. So it's just I really think it's odd. trying to say like a bunch of people that are living together that are a group within a household. And yeah. it just got expanded from like the domestic as in the domestic help. You know, upstairs downstairs type situations to just eventually it's a bunch of people living together. And then that just kind of became like also relative people that are related, their family, but you know, family, familiar. I feel like it all kind of like closeness. That's right. Well, where I, I would mean, see it going. Well, and then that, but that ties again, I think, into the sense of home and stuff because um, you might feel like people are family in your life that you're not blood related to. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that needs to be like, I feel like when people are sort of asking these questions, um, I, I wrote something on um, the Madame Rose site for like a Sunday, like a Sunday sort of sermon, because I envisioned mm-hmm. that as being a place um, for people uh, that's a refuge and um, hosting these Sunday salons of like having, looking at some of the scripture, looking at some of the spiritual messages and seeing how they're related to life. And, um, and Jesus, excuse me, in, in the scripture, I like, I say Jesus and then I burp. Um, Whatever, it's, it's fine. <laughs> the burping, the burping Jesus. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He did. <laughs> um, says, you know, and I, and I, um, the meeting's going to end in 10 minutes, so I'll shut up soon. Yes. <laughs> I was going to give the like 10 minute mark. <laughs> But he says basically that um, he's come to divide sort of families. He talks about turning people again. I'll turn a mother against a daughter, a father against a son, et cetera. And it was really like one of those questions of like, whoa, what is that? What does that mean? Because we have a Catholic church and a Christian church that says, you know, the nuclear family is supreme, but Jesus or his Aramaic name, Yeshua has a, is sending these messages. That's not about the nuclear family. And my point was more that he is um, such a being of light that if he is part of your teaching or your makeup, he's going to encourage you to be your full self. And what, what comes with that is freedom and independence and a path mm-hmm. that is your own conscious, you know, consciousness raising. It's your own recognition of, of you know, a, a bigger world that what he calls the kingdom of heaven and not necessarily so tied to blood relatives. And, um, and I think his point is that, you know, when somebody is in tune with a teacher um, who's guiding them to be their fullest selves, if they're not, if they're not in a family structure um, of people who are also in tune with that, who are yeah. saying, oh, I want you to be your full self and I'm living according to these practices. If these people are in one direction and mm-hmm. this person who's like, I'm, I'm reading scripture and this is what Jesus is telling me to do. Now, you know, people use that yeah. in Jesus in a lot of ways. So I don't want to, but uh, I don't yeah, paint lots of interpretations. Right? I don't want to paint a broad brush, but I think there's a sense of like honoring who you are and what your purpose is on this earth that oftentimes people who are called family don't know how to do that, right? There's so many people who are at parents who would say, you must do this, or I want you to do this. And at a certain sure. point, you might be like, hey, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to go to that school. I don't want to do this thing. I have some opinions about my own life. Um, and that can, you know, or, or I want to, I, I don't want to marry somebody who's the same religion and the same race. I might have an attraction to somebody else and family right. members can really kind of get involved in the way they want their legacy to look, or they want things to look. So I think that, um, his point in that scripture is that you might find family in places that you didn't expect. Sure. And a blood relative is, is something in life, right? It's, it matters. It's part of your DNA, but there's actually some other sort of soul connections that are really powerful too. And you don't want to deny that. No. In your life, especially no, I, if the blood relations are, are 
hurting. If they're not working out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're not working out. It's like, um, I'll find another. You gotta make families forever, but you can do that even when it is working out. Like, like I've I've been in a family, fortunately, where we're always kind of expanding, and yeah, maybe in some ways people would think like. Well, I just think it's funny to think of like, we suck people into the vortex, but we do. <laughs> we just add people in and then it's like, now you're on the guest list for every occasion. But yeah, but, but, it, but, it, but it's harm, there's harmony, there's peace. But it's good, it's yes. choosing, yes. Yes, and I think that so much comes from leadership and stability, right? Again, coming back to that sense of safety, peace, stability, mm -hmm. right? If you have the matriarch and the patriarch, and they are centered and balanced and they make yeah. wise decisions, then it's natural that that beautiful family develops because there's that center. The center mm -hmm. is holding. I think that in families where there's brokenness and divides and discord and on lack of healing or whoever knows what, right? There's right. a sense of pride in where you come from, who knows? Then it leads to more brokenness and discord and disconnect. And, you know, everybody's family is their own. You can't change who you come from. You can't change who your mother and father is. Um, but you can develop your own understanding of family and home. Yes, and then of course. Seek, and then seek that for your life, right? So if I, you know, if I or somebody is not... Uh, in a situation that's like that, you 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 have every right. Every human being is meant to be happy and fulfilled here. And if we don't reach it in this life, we reach it in the next. <laughs> but it's like we we find yeah. we find who you connect with. And oftentimes, I think people that we connect with or who make us happy or bring us joy, mm -hmm. sometimes seem strange. In what way? Well, like. I never thought and who that. you connect with or yeah like I never thought I would connect with a bunch of improv um actors I never thought I would live in a co-housing oh. community in California like this is no. not what the South Jersey Jana thought her life was necessarily gonna look like no she did not <laughs> I mean so much of my life was I it was a it was a mom and then a stepdad and there was this mystery of who was this father and you know, he, 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 he committed, he, he connected or committed in some way his body did to, to some DNA. Sure. But, but beyond that blood relation, may, you know, no, you're strangers. Yeah. Whereas That's, somebody yeah. Who's, who's lived, you know, say I grow up in a neighborhood or I meet somebody who treats me in a, in a parental way, the blood piece falls away. And the soul piece of who is, is kind, compassionate, and giving that message of being fatherly. Right, and present. Yes, and present, and looking out. Showing up is like half the battle. Yeah, it's not a mental thing. The fa family and home isn't mental. It's To me, it's deeper than that, right? It's heart and it's soul. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so anyway, I think- People need people. People need people. And home is where the heart, heart is and the hearth. Yes. And the heart, exactly. Heart, heart, all of it. Yeah. So what, um, what are you going to do to make this house 
a home? What, like, what will you, what, what do you do to like make it a home beyond just the things do you think? Right. Of course, that's all I think about. I mean, not the <laughs> things, but just the like logistics mm -hmm. um, to make it a home. I'll tell you what I do. Just to give you an idea. All right, tell me what you do, and then I can go off that. I cook. I don't. Okay. Continue. Yeah. No, I'm not saying. Have, no, I'm saying. But for me, like, home is hospitality. Home is like getting to cook and sit down with people and share a meal. That's mm -hmm. how I, I feel like that fills up a space and makes it home for me. Sure. Yeah. Well, the kitchen does seem to be the main <laughs> stopping point in our house. I'm not telling you you have to cook. I'm just saying that's how. No, I'm not cooking. Yeah. Me, Michael's cooking. But... <laughs> that's how I make a home. And that's very different than who I was 20 years ago because I was mostly putting stuff in the oven from Trader Joe's. So that was 20 years ago and even 10 years yeah. ago. And, but that's how I do it now. So I just. So we'll, I want us to leave on like some special magical way. Ms. Mm -hmm. Katie is going to make this new beautiful space a home for not just a house. Uh, having people over. Yeah. Which we are going to do on at least Sunday, my brother and his family. Oh, good. And have, you know, a barbecue, I think, and yeah. drinks and That's just me. chill. So it's that's going to be home. It's going to be exactly what I do every other weekend with my family. Yeah. It's <laughs> and with friends because I think we'll have yeah. friends over too. Yeah. So it's food, it's joy, it's laughter, and it's, it's a little libations and yeah. it's hanging out. It that's good. what it is. Do not forget the libations. <laughs> Don't forget the libations, please. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> all right lady i love you this is fun i love talk. you too any music we didn't do any movies we were all that's okay real and raw about the realist and raw yes all business though not getting any diversions i know <laughs> and so it's coming in right at 40 minutes all right lady thank you everyone for listening to the virgo love podcast may you have a happy home indeed Thank you.